You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Oning. Landon, did you enjoy that game on Thursday night? Oh, I'm sorry, Marcus. I'm just enjoying this tea over here. Hold on one second. Let me put this down. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, yes, I have enjoyed the last 11 days quite immensely as our Dallas Cowboys have gone from 3-5 and five to 7-5 and five in control of the NFC East. And actually with this win, they may not even necessarily have to win the NFC East now because of uh, tiebreakers and stuff. They, they actually now have forged a small, very small pathway that may exist outside of winning the division. The Cowboys uh, uh, game last night felt like a, a statement of a coming out party for a, a, a crew that has finally kind of realized uh, on the promise that a lot of us uh, had hoped for in the offseason. It's just been a long time coming. But yes, to answer your question, I'm feeling quite <laughs> quite well. Thank you. Uh, I, I tweeted this last night. I was up till about 3.30 uh, Eastern time cutting up gifts and everything. But I think that's that's the first time in a long time that I've been that excited about a win. And for good reason. The Cowboys uh, beat the New Orleans Saints, the 10-1 and New Orleans Saints, 13-10. to uh, It wasn't always pretty. Um, the The defense played an amazing game. Uh, there was times in the, this game where I thought the Cowboys were surely going to lose, especially when Drew Brees had the ball with about two <laughs> minutes left. I, I thought this game was over. You tweeted out, you tweeted out the word "imploding." Well, they kind of like, were probably twelve times, <laughs> like, at, at least twice. I know I tweeted that at least twice. And I mean, listen, I think that's. I want to talk about this really quickly, but I think that's the difference in this team. I think. When I, when I think of the Cowboys in the you know 2011 2012, how many times have they lost this game where they're leading the whole time and then they let they, they let a penalty or a turnover completely change the momentum and they're ne- never able to regain it? We've seen this happen over and over, but for some reason this team this is a more resilient team than we've seen in the last several years and I, you know give credit to them it was just an outstanding win by Dallas. Um, I, I thought for sure once Breeze had that ball, the game was over. But people stepped up. Jordan Lewis made a play, and the Cowboys were able to 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 win. So we have a ton of things to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the offense first. Uh, if you look at the score, you, Cowboys putting up 13 points at home against the the Saints offense. Probably, excuse me, the Saints defense probably doesn't sound great, especially when you can see uh, all the yards that the Cowboys offense had. But I'm here to tell you, I thought this was maybe one of the better offensive games from the Cowboys on the season. They had drives of 12, 14, and 16 plays. They controlled the clock. They dictated the pace of this game. Uh, they could have had more points, but they ultimately did their job in keeping the Saints off, off the field. What did you see from the Cowboys' offense on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, I think this falls under the category of there's multiple paths to victory, right? Like there's ob- the obvious one that everyone's aware of where your defense shuts out the other team and you score 25, 35, 45 points and you win by a whole bunch. And that is the least common way of winning football right. games in the NFL. 
you know, one of the other ways, which is not especially not common nowadays, is defense ball control. And the Cowboys went into this game knowing that that was their game plan, knowing that they needed to keep the ball away. And a lot of people didn't like this game plan because they felt like it wouldn't work. Uh, but it did. It, it And it worked quite well, and they were able to execute it quite well. And I think when you look at, yes, the points are not uh, were not what they uh, needed to be by any stretch of the imagination, but they were 7 of 14 on third down. Incredible. That's 50%. They're com- com- you know, completing 50% of your third down, especially when they were, you know, considering that they had several different, you know, you know, New Orleans defense did not lay- roll over, you know, and, and I think if you look at... I mean, they have a good defense, Ezekiel, though. That's, that's, they have a great much defense. better defense like, than we're used to seeing. Look... Again, let's again provide the context that this was considered to be the best team in football coming in. Right. You know, the, you know the, the, the whole conversation between them and the Rams and the Chiefs, they beat the Rams. They're the only team that beat the Rams, as far as I know. And, uh, and unless there's another game no, that I wasn't right. aware of. Uh, <laughs> the, but, you know, and, and so this whole idea that, like, you're going for style points against a team that's won 10 straight. Like that's uh, uh, no, like you know, like we're we're trying to win the game. The way to beat uh, uh, Drew Brees is to not give him the opportunity to win the game. So, so I totally agree. The long drives, the ability to convert third downs, uh, yeah, they didn't score all the points that they wanted. They probably could have gotten a touchdown there at the end if they weren't trying to you know kneel the game out. So it would have been twenty to ten, which I guess you know maybe looks a little bit better. Well, but let me I say this too: if the, if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't hold Amari Cooper, that is a touchdown. There's there's no doubt. Mind, yeah, absolutely. So go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and I think, again, they had a game plan. They believed in their game plan, and they went in and they executed it, I, I, I mean, almost flawlessly. I mean, really, outside of a Cooper fumble uh, and, and, and uh, you know, a couple of issues in the red zone, obviously, that happened. But, again, because they're playing a great team, um, I, I think that, you know, that was really – the difference between this being a, a celebrated offensive performance uh, versus a uh, you know well they 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 got the job done I guess it's okay I, I, you know look this is they played complimentary football on 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 Thursday and that's how they won mm-hmm. the game and when you do that you can give the defense more of the credit and I think you should because the defense you know played individually as a unit. Maybe the best game that any defense has played this season, and I'm and I'm not even talking about for our team. I'm talking about league wide. You know, like this is a incredibly difficult defense uh, offense to face, and we held them to ten points. So uh, it's obviously okay to give them more credit, but I think that the defense will tell you too. Uh, you know, a lot of that came because they didn't have to be on the field constantly. They weren't have you know, New Orleans only ran forty nine plays. So uh, I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, that Dallas ran sixty six right. so plays. I'm, yep. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's that's a winning formula if you're playing the best quarterback in football. All right, we've got a ton to get to. Uh, I want to talk about Dak Prescott when we come back. We're, let's take a quick little break, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this offense. This episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to those of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on a single charge. 
It's a perfect gift for any friend or family. It's great for anybody who works outdoors, skis, snowboards, hunts, anything like that. Anybody that hates the cold, you need to get them an Action Heat garment this Christmas season. Uh, for our listeners, we have a special deal to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at the checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Dak Prescott. I mean, I thought he was phenomenal on Thursday night, 24-28, yeah. 248 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he added 22 uh, yards on the ground. What did you see from Prescott on Thursday night? I mean, just uh, this is uh, this was a Prescott game, you know, like it, outside of the fumbles, which, I mean, he, you know, one of the which I kind of – I feel like he had no shot, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, efficient 24 of 28 for 248 yards. I mean, the problem is he got sacked seven times, you know, and, and again, I think like, very many of them were his fault either. This, this felt like, again, one of those games where the majority of those were not his fault. I felt like the majority of those were, you know, Xavier Sufilo versus Sheldon Rankins right. or, you know, like, I mean, just stuff like that where the pockets collapsing around him, the, the Lyle Collins, you know, uh, giving up that that sack on the third third and seven or third and goal i think it was the where that he ended up fumbling the ball dak's got to get rid of the ball of course dak's got to hold on to the ball of course but i mean we got to have a little bit better effort from blocking there but outside of that i think you know he did every single thing that you he had a, a really gutty performance i mean those you know five carries for 22 yards doesn't seem like a ton, but when you think about the fact that you know two of those runs came on for, uh, third downs to convert, one of which was one of the most impressive seven-yard runs I've ever seen a quarterback right. make uh, uh, to in order to die for the first down marker, it was inspiring, and I think it it really uh, helped kind of keep his offense rolling as well and keep his offense kind of up. Uh, you know, it was tough sledding all game for them, and I think you know. Prescott's play, uh, converting on some of these really tough third downs and, and surviving that stuff, uh, I think it really kind of spread uh, throughout the offense and really helped uh, make the whole offense feel buoyed by that. And, and you know, they played up to a new level. You know, again, the numbers aren't, aren't fantastic there, but again, they were playing a really good defense and they were able to do what they needed to do to keep the ball away from Drew Brees. I don't have many complaints from Prescott at all. I thought he was fantastic. There's the one throw that everybody keeps pointing out, the one mm. to Michael Gallup, where he threw it a little bit too flat. If he would have gave him a little bit more air on the ball, Gallup could have ran underneath it. But listen, quarterbacks miss that throw all the time, especially down the sideline. Yeah. If you... Listen, I, I love watching Tom Brady in New England. He misses that throw at least once or twice a week. It's an incredibly tough throw. I saw Roethlisberger miss it last week. I saw Aaron Rodgers miss it to Devontae Adams. It happens. Don't don't get upset because of one poorly thrown ball. Prescott was fantastic last night. And actually, we kind of talked about this pre-show, but over the last eight games of the season— Prescott's right back to that same level that we saw him play as a rookie. His passer rating is 105 over the last, you know, last eight games. He's had, you know, a, a new receiver come in that he's trying to incorporate. His tight end has went down with an injury. He's playing with, 
you know, basically three backups in the left side of his offensive line, yet he's still getting it done. So I give a lot of credit to Dak Prescott through kind of fighting through some of the struggles that he had earlier in the year. Uh, and he's just playing a really good brand of football that ties into the way that the Cowboys want to play. They want to play a physical, yes. smash-mouth, highly efficient game, uh, and, and that's what he's doing. And that kind of leads me into these receivers because uh, we talked about Michael Gallup, uh, you know, Prescott missing him. But outside of that, I thought the receivers were phenomenal again. Amari uh, Cooper, he had the fumble, and I know some people are going to chew him out for that. But go ahead and look at his stat line from this week. Eight targets, eight catches, 75 yards, plus the the key defensive pass interference to win the game. When the Cowboys brought in Cooper, you kind of knew he wasn't going to put up uh, great stats every week. He's not going to be a guy that gets 100 receiving yards every week. But the Cowboys needed an efficient, reliable receiver, and that's exactly what he's done uh, since he's gotten here, is just be so efficient in this offense, uh, convert third downs, uh, beat number one cornerbacks. He he had a comeback route against Marshawn Lattimore this week. Oh, my where, God. I, I mean, Lattimore We're... just whiffed and grabbed air because he was so quick. I mean, he was just fantastic. So, uh, he turned outside so quick and got up the field. Like, I couldn't, uh, first of all, th- to have the wherewithal to create that much sideline space so that you could get that outlet is just brilliant. Absolutely. No, no, go I'm, I'm going to toss this back to you in a second. But uh, Michael Gallup kind of had a breakout game as well. Uh, you know, he had 76 receiving yards. Uh, they, they found a mismatch there with Michael Gallup on Eli Apple. Apple could not cover him all game long. He was grabbing, he was whiffing, uh, and, and Gallup was open. So kind of just talk about what you saw from the two young receivers on Thursday. Well, real quick, on just an interesting side note, you and I had discussed before the game when we did our preview that we we thought, or that you had come up with, I thought was a very solid thought process, that they would likely put uh, Lattimore over on uh, Cooper. Uh, I'm sorry, on Gallup, and that they would put Eli Apple on Cooper with the idea that he would have full-time safety help. And I kind of see now why they couldn't do that. Because, I mean, Apple, even with safety help, would have been completely eaten up by Cooper all game. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, uh, the, the short the short stuff, like the one that we just discussed, where he turned an, an out route, you know, or a, 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 what was it? A, 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 just comeback, a comeback. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then he just you know, gave himself enough sideline room to just catch the ball, whip around outside, and completely run past Marshawn Lattimore, who is, you know, a top 10 pick, right? Like, I mean, like, you know, one of the better young cornerbacks in the league uh, and, 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 and to be able to do that against him, I, I think Eli Apple would have had no chance. Like I said, even with safety help, I think we're seeing Gallup uh, start to really, I mean, you know, it's been up and down with him all season, but clearly the guy still has lots of playmaking ability um, on that route that he ran. He, he sh- was able to get uh, Apple's hands off of him, which was really great to see because that's really been issues at the time um, and, and just kind of swipe his hands and then get separation and get downfield. And then obviously he killed Apple on that. Uh, I think it was a double move yeah. that yeah. Dak just barely kind of threw out of his reach. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you look at how they've, 
kind of spread the ball. They, they started to really push the ball outside to these guys, right? Like, we didn't even see Hearns get a, a, a reception in this game. Like, they, they really seem to be focusing on getting Gallup and Cooper the ball uh, more and more. I mean, each of them ending up with 75-ish yards, I think, you know, kind of shows you that uh, even though they were trying to focus on those two, they were going back and forth between them and, and, and trying to find ways to uh, exploit each, each one of those matchups. And, and they, you know, again, eight targets. They weren't afraid to throw it at Lattimore. No, no. You know, I mean, they, they clearly thought that Cooper had an advantage there, and, and you know, clearly he did. And, and so um, I, I think that – and, then, you know, I think you add in – and then you add in some more efficient targets with, with uh, you know, Beasley with uh, the big third-down conversion – Blake Jarwin, again, we talked about this before the game, only had one catch. But this is now the second time we've seen where they throw the ball to him in the flat on an outlet route of some sort, and the dude just, like, gets upfield so quickly uh, that, like, it's the second time, I think, where the defense has been caught off guard with how quickly he can get upfield and their angles got destroyed. And I think the first time he didn't quite get a first first down, but this time he did. Uh, So uh, if we can start seeing a little bit more of that, Schultz should be back hopefully pretty soon. Swain, Um, sorry, Swain. I'm sorry, yep. Swaim. Yeah, Swaim should be back pretty soon. Um, I think you know you're going to start seeing a, a little bit more of an of an uptick in the play of the, the guy. I mean, you started to see it already. A little bit more of an uptick in the play of, of the skill set, and it all starts with Cooper. But this is what we talked about, and this is my last thing. Uh, you know, when Cooper came in, it's not just about how good Cooper is. Right, it's the fact that Cooper slots everybody into their appropriate Absolutely. roles. Right, it, it, it's that Cooper is the number one wide receiver target, and now that makes Gallup much more comfortable with the level of, of cornerback that he's playing. That makes you know the attention on Beasley much less. That, that makes the you know all the attention out there on that's being focused that is can still continually focused on Elliott. It, it makes it a lot more palatable because they always know, hey. I got Cooper on the outside. If he's got one-on-one coverage, I like my odds. It's just so much fun to watch a true number one receiver work. And it, it, Cooper was just fantastic. Again, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up Blake Jarwin because I wanted to mention him really quickly. Uh, sometimes when you watch these games, you forget about you know little things that kind of change the course of the game. I just want to talk about Jarwin's catch really quickly. After the Cowboys' fourth and goal stop on... I think it was Alvin Kamara. Uh, the Cowboys were backed up in their own end zone. It was third and I think it was third and seven. Uh, they were at the four yard line, and Dallas threw that little pass out to the flat to Jarwin. Uh, Should have been tackled, you know, probably a, a yard or two yards short of the first down. Got upfield uh, for 12 yards, and the Cowboys were able to continue that drive. That drive ended up being a 16 play drive. The Cowboys got the ball back with 10 minutes on the clock. The next play by the Saints on offense was with 50 seconds left and no timeouts on their own 20-yard line. So just a a monster drive by the Cowboys to basically run out the entire second quarter. Uh, And and kudos for Blake Jarwin for for getting that first down. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the defense now. We, we, We talked enough about the offense. The defense was a story in this game. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence kind of came out in the week and said that they were that the Saints haven't seen a defense like them, uh, and Demarcus Lawrence absolutely backed it up. But I also want to say that I thought Tyrone Crawford played maybe his best game of his career. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he played a little bit of right defensive end. He made a big play as a, that, on that fourth and goal play uh, as a defensive tackle. I thought he was amazing. What did you see from the Cowboys' defensive line on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to uh, 
overstate. I mean, I think Demarcus Lawrence came out. I mean, look, this his his stat line is not uh, you know incredible, but Demarcus Lawrence was in there destroying worlds constantly. You know, I mean, whether it was the fourth down stop on on the the goal line where he just <laughs> they decided not to block Demarcus Lawrence on fourth down and goal. Yeah, so guess what? You paid for that one. But even then, to your point. Crawford made that play. Crawford's the one who burst through that line and reset the line of scrimmage behind the line of scrimmage, give, making uh, Kamara hesitate and Lawrence catching him from behind. So, you know, the, the combination of Lawrence and Crawford, they have they play so well together. It's 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 nuts. So whenever they're on the same side, they're uh, stunting or uh, doing any kinds of uh, games over there. They always seem to work well. And and to your point, Crawford is just such an incredibly valuable piece. You know, it's, far like how, the, it's the, funny how far we've come with him because at one point he was underrated and then he got paid and now he yeah. is overrated and now I think he's underrated yeah. again. Yeah, it's true. Well again, like the the his his you know, we talked about his salary kind of works against him because if, if his salary was just even normal, he would be without a doubt the most underrated player Absolutely. on this team because he does all the things you need. Like he is that uh, third defensive end. He is that uh, second three technique. He, you know, he's he can do all those things and provide pressure, give you solid snaps in the run defense as, as an end. Uh, you know, he can rush the passer on the outside. Uh, so just overall. A, uh, a a solid performance by the defensive line. Uh, you, I, I would be remiss, I think, if we didn't mention, uh, and we're going to miss some people, but uh, Antoine Woods. Absolutely, I mean, yes. just absolutely destroying the middle of that Saints defense. Uh, and I did, had a lot, several different really good plays. Uh, and then the last guy I'm going to mention before I throw it back on the defensive line. You know, despite his two dumb plays, and I, you know, look, I get it. Like the first of all, the offside one dumb was play, one dumb total, play. <laughs> total BS, right. total BS, and and even the dumb play, uh, you go back and watch it. Like he's trying to make a play, he's getting cut block, he's jumping over the guy, he lands badly on his on his foot and kind of falls forward. I think he was a little bit out of control there, which is a problem, but I, I don't think it was necessarily him not thinking. I think it was a little bit more of his momentum carrying him into uh, – but he can't put himself in that position. I'm just saying sure. Randy Gregory's not an idiot. I think it was more just he got over-anxious and then over on top of his feet. But outside of that, he played a really good game. He whooped Jermon Bushrod all game. Yep. And, and produced a sack, uh, tackle for loss. I mean, some of these plays that we saw Demarcus Lawrence making, Randy Gregory was right there too. So uh, I, I do want to give him some positive feedback today because he did play, I think, a better game than bad. Uh, but, but obviously that penalty looms large. Maybe the story of the game on defense was the play of the linebackers, at least the national story. I, I got up this morning early and watched some of the uh, some of the big networks to see what they were saying, and everybody was talking up Leighton Van Der Esch, and for good reason. My, my goodness, I thought this was his best game of the season. There were a couple plays where he had to run completely from sideline to sideline to, to tackle Alvin Kamara in space. Uh, Kamara's one of the most dangerous players you can get on the outside, and for a 262-pound linebacker, he was able to do it. Um, I, I thought he was phenomenal. Jalen Smith had the the incredible play on third and goal, uh, where he kind of hit Kamara and forced them into a decision whether they wanted to go for it. Um, 
Uh, these two young linebackers are really starting to come into their own, and they've changed the way that the Cowboys are playing defense. You can just see when those two are on the field, uh, they're a different defense because of the speed and physicality that they have. So what did you think of Vander Esch and Jalen Smith from Thursday night? If you want a like a historical visualization to show you the difference between having Vander Esch and Jalen Smith in his you know current constitution uh, and not remember last year and the year before that and really almost every year since we've been in the Marinelli scheme how teams used to run slant after slant yes. after slant yes. after slant after slant against us why aren't we covering the slant why is no one covering the slant Guess who's covering the slant now, guys? Nobody wants to go in the middle of the field with Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Well, the perfect that. example Nobody. is that Traquan Smith play. I think it was second and goal. Uh, Traquan, they, they ran basically a pick route where, yeah. where Traquan was coming across the middle. And he just alligator armed it because he knew Van Der Esch was there. I mean, that's a perfect example. Yes, and 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 even then, like even beyond the f- people being afraid, physical thing, when you've got two big physical uh, athletic linebackers in there, they close windows. You know, they've they've got long arms, Vanderesh especially. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so if he's athletic and he can get a wide wingspan, that even further you know closes those windows on some of those short passes because you know that you you got to be able to throw it past him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's special. I mean, he's uh, uh, Vander Esch. They, both these guys are special, you know, in their, in their own way. I think, uh, you know, Vander Esch is just that, I, I mean, you just don't see rangy 260 pound linebackers, you know, like, uh, and that's, that's what he is. His athleticism is incredible. Uh, and it allows him to be everywhere. I mean, you know, he had 10 tackles and then Jalen had nine tackles. I mean, that's 19 <laughs> tackles between two guys. Like, you know, I think you know, these guys are just, first of all, Jalen is healthy and he's playing uh, with a level of confidence that obviously did not have last right, year. Right. And, and um, I think that, you know, his physicality mixed with Van Der Esch's I don't want to say finesse because dude is laying the wood on oh, people, yeah. but you know, I mean, he he's more of the flow linebacker, and Jalen is the hammer, you know, and uh, and it's been extremely effective so far. The last thing I want to mention before we close out the show is the cornerbacks in this game. Uh, I thought Byron Jones did a phenomenal oh, job. He, he had three penalties. I don't really care because he played well. Uh, Michael Thomas is one of the toughest covers in the league. He's so physical that he kind of forces you to grab grab him sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I thought Byron played well. Did you even hear Chidobe's name in this game? I, he had one pass breakup earlier in the game, and they basically avoided him for the rest of the game. Uh, maybe that was the only time I heard his name. Yeah, <laughs> was the pass breakup? Right. I, he was he was great. Went back and rewatched him last night. I thought he was phenomenal. And then Jordan Lewis uh, played nine snaps in this game, should have had two interceptions, had the game-winning interception, uh, had a couple big tackles on Alvin Kamara in space. Uh, First of all, kudos to the Cowboys coaching staff for putting Jordan Lewis in that spot where he could cover Alvin Kamara. Uh, That was a matchup I think they knew that would make sense, Uh, and uh, Jordan Lewis absolutely stepped up to the challenge. So kudos to both of those guys. What did you see from this defensive back uh, unit on Thursday night? 
Well, and I think also we're you know all those guys you mentioned, and we may be bearing the lead. Anthony Brown Absolutely. has become one of the best slot corners in the NFL. <laughs> like, I mean, in the last two games, I, I, I'm pretty sure he has a sack and two uh, two sacks and an interception. Yep. <laughs> like, I mean, and he and had another pass two deflections. pass deflections last yeah. night. Yeah. I mean, so like, uh, yeah. People have talked about what played Jordan Lewis more, and it's like, man, it's kind of tough. It really <laughs> like, is. Right now, you've got four cornerbacks who are playing at a very high level. Uh, you know, Woozy feels like he's back to healthy, and I think that's really been was been an issue early on. But now you're seeing it where. He's back to doing what he was doing in training camp and early on. He's challenging the point of attack. He is uh, he is always at least making the wide receiver work for the ball. He's not, you know, they're not getting, none of these guys are giving up huge separation really right now. Um, and against, again, you know, Michael Thomas is probably the best wide receiver in f- football. I mean, or, I would agree. or one yeah, of them, I think he you is. know, like it's one of the most difficult people to cover at the very least, you know. So, uh, as far as complete cornerback uh, wide receivers go, he's very tough. Uh, Traquan Smith is also a very tough person to cover. Um, you know, these these guys were challenging all these guys all night long, uh, and the only time that they actually did get a touchdown is when they uh, were in the end zone, and it was the most blatant pushing the back <laughs> off. Of it's a pass interference I think I've ever seen in the end zone that didn't get called. Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's so. Yeah. I, I kudos to all of these guys, uh, and I'll even go ahead and let's let me just to kind of finish this out. Let's talk about the safeties, man, because they played great too. Uh, Xavier Woods had a moment where he uh, he knocked that ball loose from Traquan Smith near the near the goal line yep. when he was trying to kind of fumble it around. You know, so his his hit was what finally jarred that loose. Jeff Heath had uh, several different tackles that were uh, very important and solid tackles and physical tackles against these guys. And uh, we cannot lose sight because we've crushed him on some other things. But Kayvon Frazier's uh, special teams tackle um, Mm -hmm. was inspiring in first place, but also probably saved the Cowboys 15 or 20 yards on on, uh, on hidden yardage. So, uh, you know, Top to bottom, just a fantastic night by the entire unit. I mean, I really, we really cannot say enough about how the, they performed, and I, I'm super excited to watch this All-22. It's going to be a fun Sunday this week now that you can kind of just sit back and enjoy the games and don't have to stress about the Cowboys. You can watch that Redskins-Eagle uh, <laughs> game. Uh, knowing that no matter what happens, the Cowboys will be in first place in the division. Uh, just a just a great way to start uh, the going into December. But that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Him and John do an outstanding job. So go ahead and do that. You guys can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you next time.